Welcome to the Holistic Life Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. And yet again, we have another incredible conversation with a luminary, a legend, and a total expert in her field. And she is an expert in multiple fields when it comes to holistic health. And this episode is is really extraordinary, actually. I just listened to the whole thing as I was going through the edits and getting ready to record this intro, and we go so far down the rabbit hole of multiple topics that neither one of us expected to traverse, and I'm so happy we did because these are topics that both of us have deep experience in and have never really talked about on this podcast. So I'm really grateful that me and my friend and colleague Nadine Artemis decided to spelunk headfirst into the rabbit hole. And this is the third time that I've had Nadine on the podcast. If you don't know who she is, she is one of the leading experts in natural organic beauty and also oral and teeth health. And she has two incredible books. One of them is called Renegade Health, and the other one is Holistic Dentistry. I have it over there on my table. And she is also the founder of a company called Living Libations. Living Libations is by far my favorite um, organic beauty, skincare, essential oil, oral teeth, microbiome, health enhancing product line. And I will only use them. I'm not going to say I'll only use them. There's other products I use here and there, but they are by far my favorite when it comes to natural beauty and oral care products, livinglibations.com. And Nadine is a wealth of knowledge in so many different areas. This conversation was kind of like catching up. We hadn't talked in about four years. We come from the same background in the holistic health world, you know, way back in the superfood, raw food, herbalism, uh, cacao, David Wolf days. And, you know, we've done a number of podcasts, like I mentioned, but we haven't talked in about four years. So the first part of the episode is just us kind of catching up on the events of 2020 all the way up to now getting ready for 2024 and then at some point in the conversation we just turn a corner and the floodgates just open up and some of the things that we get into is just the changing of the health culture over the last decade that we've witnessed you know really prioritizing self-care as a top priority in our life and then we also go very deep into the different problems with the plant-based diet. We both have been um, vegan, vegetarian, raw foodists for well over a decade in our personal journeys. We talk a lot about our experiences. We also talk about um, our journey of reincorporating meat in high-grade animal products and the undeniable benefits that that has had on our life and also what we've seen in the holistic health field as dietary trends have been shifting We also get deep into biohacking secrets, and then Nadine goes on this whole track, which is basically a masterclass in oral teeth health. We also go very deep into this thing on oxalate toxicity, oxalic acid or oxalates, which is a huge topic over the last few years, and... I'm not even going to try to like explain or describe what the conversation was like. Let's just say that 
This is one of the most important health conversations that you're ever going to listen to. And I highly recommend listening from start to finish. You will get so much valuable information and practical tips to know what to do with it. I, I even got so much for myself and began implementing changes in my own oral care strategy. So anyways, without further ado, enjoy the conversation with Nadine Artemis. Nadine Artemis, welcome to the Holistic Life Mastery Show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you. So happy to have you here. And uh, as you know, this is the third time that we've done a podcast together. And it's, I don't know exactly how long it's been, but it feels like it's been at least at least four years because three years ago, it was sometime in 2020 as we were just kind of backtracking a little bit um, before the recording. And so it's it's been at least four years since we've we've connected on one of these podcasts and there's so much that has uh, manifested in our world, micro and macro in these last three to four years. And it's almost hard to know exactly where to go right out the gate. There's a lot of things that I want to dive into with you as far as your work and, and organic beauty. And um, I definitely want to get into some things that have to do with like respiratory health, oral health, microbiome health, um, you know, some of these classic topics. But I feel like there's also like a catching up that I want to do with you. And maybe for any of the audience that's really familiar with your work, um, I'd love to get a sense of like, what what have you been up to in the last couple of years um, if anything is is different than than has been kind of your 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 purpose and your mission all these years? That's a great question. I don't know if anything's like obviously everything's different. You can't step into the same stream twice. Mm. But I feel like it's really there's a lot that's the same. It's just like deeper, you know, in the depth of things more. Mm-hmm. of subjects that I was already like into. And so there's a, a deepening, I guess, always of the sort of breadth of knowledge and the activities and like just diving into life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I mean, just been on the homestead, so to speak. Um, obviously yeah. couldn't travel too much um, at some, some peaks of the pandemic. So and normally we do go away for about a month a year in the winter. So it was kind of good. I didn't go away for like 33 months. (laughs) I did not leave the land, but that was kind of good in another way, a bit of an intermission and then was able to just do a, just really focus on all the beauty and depth here. Um, In 2013, we had like a massive fire where we lost like everything, so to speak. Um, and so I'm just been so thankful that we had been rebuilding and sort of like, you know, having our own Phoenix rise out of the ashes of 2013 and then 2016 to 2018, we, um, started, we were about to start our headquarters, uh, just before the fire, um, but that delayed it. And anyway, so we ended up building, you know, our new headquarters at last. So we're very thankful to have this really state of the art a revolutionary, um, innovative in a lot of environmental ways, building that houses us. And, you know, I designed it to totally 
take us through how we create formulas and what, you know, how we want to work and all of that. So I was glad, so glad of that. And we had this great party and celebration in 2019, not knowing, you know, just a few months later that Mm. we would be in the middle of the pandemic, but so, so thankful to not be in the middle of a massive construction job (laughs) because that would have just, that would have, that would not have been fun. And then we had this great, you know, pristine and spacious building where we already had like, you know, our air filtration already got, was already like getting filtered like four times. And I don't know, you know, just all this great stuff. So I really, I'm so thankful that we've been like properly housed in our headquarters Mm -hmm. since that time. So that's been, um, you know, deepening the work there. And, uh, you know, just deepening the projects we have on our land and raising a boy who's a teen now. Mm-hmm. So definitely lots to keep busy, you know, new new products, new creations, new research. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting for me. I'm, I'm backtracking over the last um, 10 or 11 years. And, you know, we, you and I and many of our friends and soul family and peers and contemporaries, um, you know, we, we all go back to like the David Wolf days or like the longevity conferences, like the kind of heyday yeah. of the superfood, tonic herbal, raw food, momentum wave, if you will, that was really catalyzed by David Wolf. And then I feel like so many of us just kind of like found ourselves riding that wave and, and kind of manifesting very unique um unique outlets through it and and um you know I know you've been in this for a long time that that's how I know of you and you know that that whole era if you will and so Mm -hmm. when when you're bringing up like going back to like 2013 I'm like man that's right like 2013 that was a whole different era in the holistic Mm -hmm. health world and even what my interpretation of health and the product industry and and you know product formulations and and just like just so many things are coming to mind right now um i'm 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 curious a when i even bring that up what comes to mind for you and b like this this other question i have for you is like how have you seen the health the health scene or the holistic health and product industry change from yeah i guess in the last decade yeah, it was interesting because I feel I my like I about 1990 was when I was getting into the health and health scene and supplements and all that. So I feel it's interesting to see sort of a 30 year. Oh, wow. Whatever that is trajectory. And well, there's sort of a lot that's the same. There's always the handful of good vitamins and then shitty vitamins. <laughs> Excuse me, like, you know what I mean? So there's always sort of that player of like what's real and good and then what isn't um but i feel like a lot has changed even in the past decade and i feel like one of the major things was back in 2013 there obviously was social media mm-hmm. but it's really been in that the past decade sort of 2012 2013 to present time this really where we've had we had social media prior but like where it's really been this decade of whatever this social experiment is mm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you could see 10 years, you know, you could feel, well, there was first a lot of connectivity, which is, which is great. But then you could see the beginning of what we now know is just such deep censorship. Oh, 
that has really become such a, I don't know the metaphor, but a many-headed beast is what yeah, I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know how many heads a hydra had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's changed a lot. And then especially since, and then that just went on steroids in the past like four years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, and then the division that goes with that. And then, and then where I felt like really for the past, it felt like minus the past 30 years, so maybe the past 25 years, it felt like an evolution of, of building towards like, hey, you know, some people aren't going to do radiation. And like, I don't know, there seemed to be a balance coming where... Mm -hmm. you know putting you know sovereign health choices and all that seemed to have it was seemed to be getting its counterbalance where yeah like right here you can why don't you deal with your disease this way instead of these ways or and it it was seemed um well well respected and like options were coming and that that part of life was getting you know grounded in and then i feel like then it just then it, it didn't <laughs> and then all of a sudden right it's just everything that isn't the science became the mm -hmm. pseudoscience mm -hmm. right yeah and it, so yeah was this what was just coming to mind as you're saying this was this like yeah there was like these these very dramatic polarized paradigms or or programs really of like segments of the population or what felt like segments of the population where you would have like the the people that are more kind of inclined like we are that are like health renegades health freedom fighters or just health enthusiasts or just people that have some sort of common sense about this kind of thing and yeah. are geared towards sovereignty geared towards free thinking geared towards this idea that the body heals itself that i don't need chemicals and cut burn poison and this whole thing like there there's a, there's a natural there's a natural way and then you had this other side that was just completely like all about the science whatever the science is or whatever that even means was just completely on that side of thing and of course we know what that was symbolized under a needle that was like the symbol of you know the science and it mm -hmm. was just felt like there was this like bipartisan kind of division, um, you know, combative energy going back and forth. And then, but what was interesting for me, and I don't know how you feel about it, but it was also interesting to also witness this emergence of people that might have been more more on the allopathic route, and they kind of started waking up and through necessity and realizing like, oh wait, actually this scientific thing this science is like actually not what it not what it appears to be or it's not actually working or it doesn't actually make sense like i felt like there's like a mass awakening of people that were coming out of that spell and it seems like there's there is so much more of the population that um yeah is just kind of woken up out of that yeah it does feel though there was more of a sorry a coexistence before and then it seemed like then something was just trying to make us not coexist sort of like mm. yeah the bipartisan part mm -hmm. 
And then peak pandemic, it was really hard because people were being pressurized in right. untold ways. And I feel like then a lot of people maybe did get caught up in things, but then maybe after we're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, after all the sort of mental pressures, mm-hmm. which were too much for a lot of sort of the common person to. Yeah. Because I feel like I had in me like 30 years of like, no, thank you. Right, like right, Donna. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it was easy. It was like, just no. And anything that I was reading about the science of the science, so to speak, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That isn't, that's not, that's, you know, no. <laughs> On so many levels. It's not making sense in my, in whatever part of my brain is scientific. That does not seem like legit science to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the pressure was so intense. The pressure was incredibly intense. And I I think that's like, I want to actually like segue for a moment when it comes to just holistic health as a, as a self-care practice. And I've, I've really, I'm I'm really leaning more into this, this term of self-care for me, because I've recently um, been coming out of um, a really intense health crisis so to speak mm-hmm. from a respiratory infection that i i picked oh. up i manifested i i whatever i don't ever get sick i never get sick for any reason any circumstance and somehow i had i had gotten this respiratory infection that was really messing with me and i'm just i'm coming out of it right now my brain is out of brain fog i'm able to function mm. i'm able to do things so Did you have a mold exposure well, that's what I was, I was tracking that and it doesn't appear that it's directly from mold, like certainly not in my living environment. Um, mm. There's a few different things that I, I was tracking kind of like different, different puzzle pieces. A lot of it was sleep deprivation. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a number of different things that I was, I was tracking, but I'm bringing this up because A, I want to actually get into this topic with you. Um yeah. But I, I want to speak to the self-care piece and also relative to the pressure, the psychological, emotional pressure, the the trauma, the the distress that people either have gone through or they're contending with right now, and how important it is that we start to take we start to take self-care as seriously as we do maybe for caring for other people or caring for our job or our work or our families or what our finances um yeah i'd love to kind of start there on like yeah the just the self-care piece yeah and i think it's something that we have to keep revisiting with ourselves Mm. because you know life and then other people's needs and especially as you um you know, you just grow and then you may have a family or, you know, a work family, you know, just people as you grow older, you just have more responsibilities, but we kind of got to remember to put on our oxygen mask first. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, you know, find the paths into ourselves, into self-care that feel inspired Mm -hmm. rather than disciplined and motivated. Right. And, and I think in finding ways, you know, I think we have to refresh that sort of 
kind of revisit it. Like where sort of, where am I at right now? What tools do I have or what, what do I have available to, you know, to care for myself? What's fun? What can I be doing? What kind of time I have? So sort of like keep revisiting that every few months. Maybe it changes throughout the seasons. My book, Renegade Beauty, the general thesis is that to revive our beings, you know, it's not really about another bottle, another jar of cream, another supplement. It's about engaging with the elements, mm. which are essential to life. And now that we're not, you know, it's not a thousand years ago, so we don't have to survive the elements. Mm -hmm. We can live with them. Most of us have like shelter and running water. And so we can, we can engage with the elements in a new way that isn't necessarily based on like survival, but they are essential, so to speak, to our survival on the planet. So, you know, earth, so it's about like lying on the earth, feed on the earth whenever possible, enjoying the bounty of the earth in food and botanicals that we can anoint our body. You've got water, you know, hopefully you've got good, good water coming out of your uh, tap. You got a filter so you can have clean showers, baths. Hopefully you're drinking clean water. Hopefully you get a chance to like jump in a lake, an ocean, a river every so often. Then we've got air, fresh air, forest bathing, going for a walk, opening up your windows in the middle of winter and, putting a chair there, sitting there, you know, just getting that fresh air and, um, and the sun, the you know, we've got to engage with the sun and know that our skin and our bodies were designed to be exposed to the sun's rays. And uh, we need the light. There's so much about light that we don't even know that we need. You know, I feel like we're just scratching the surface with what we need with the red light frequencies, the violet light frequencies, mm -hmm. how there are red, like cones in our eyes that are, are have nothing to do with seeing, seeing, but literally there to catch the light signals and feed those into our mitochondria. Like photon receptors. Exactly. Mm. Mm. So I sort of think of that as like, your first level of self-care. Yeah. Like, yeah. When am you know, can an element be involved? You know, so sort of like what's so that's like the foundation. And then from there, you know, looking at, you know, is it time? Is it quality time? Is it rest? Mm. Is it like, you know, massages? I've been almost not like obviously every single week, but I discovered massage when I was like 18. And I kind of had to deal with myself. Like I've generally had a massage a week since I was 18, mm -hmm. give or take. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I just like, I, I don't know. I was, I was just like, there's something about being physical on the planet that I just need that other feedback. <laughs> that's that, just that, like that touch therapy. Yeah. And that's just like, you know, unwinding the muscles and all of that. But you know, then there'd be some winters here. Cause I feel like that's when I really, self-care becomes uh, more challenging for me because I'm like, for me, the spring, the summer, the fall, I can run it. I mean, I can go outside in the winter, obviously, but it's not the same <laughs> to just be like, you know, naked and getting soaking in all the rays or jumping in the lake and, and, or hiking in the woods. So that's sort of my favorite. So I have to think a bit harder in the winter, 
you know, and I was just definitely like about 10 years ago, I'm like, what else is there besides like beautiful baths and massages? So that's when I started sort of like upping my upping our biohacking even more, even though I'd been if I think about it, I really have been like tuning into like, what I could biohack since the 80s. In fact, mm. when I was like seven, we went to Disney World and I threw it. I don't know if you've ever been, but there's this um, better living carousel is made by General Electric. And it's like this theater. It's not really a ride, but it takes you through, you know, the moving people. And they have like from the 20s, 30s, 40s and all the way up, like how electricity has changed people's lives. And there was one in the 40s where the daughter is like on this vibrating stand to like exercise her waist or something uh -huh. like that, like an old fashioned. And I was I, I was mesmerized by that. And I remember her talking and like her voice was vibrating. And I was like, I so need that, you know, so that I was like buying. Remember in 1990, I think it was like I bought the Chi machine. I got infrared eye massagers like that's so i have, I have a right here <laughs> <laughs> so i've been doing that early and then i just uh and then i'm always out because i feel like i'm sort of like a living experiment mm -hmm. you know and i've just been like researching with my body making the skin care oral care you know experimenting with the elements and i love experimenting with various uh biohacking things which i feel that's a, been a big part of my self care mhm mm mhm mm yeah there there's so much there's so much nuance and depth that we could easily unpack with with the seeming simplicity of what you're saying and one of the questions that comes up for me that i'm curious about is how important is food um the way that i phrased it is not exactly what i meant but let me rephrase that <laughs> how important <laughs> is food yeah food is absolutely critical <laughs> let me clarify like the the question um the question is actually speaking to as long as you've been in the food world and the nutrition world in comparative to all the other aspects of self-care how important do you feel food is compared to maybe how you felt it was 10 years ago, maybe, if that makes sense? Do you, yeah, it words, totally makes sense. Yeah, do you still feel like it's as paramount or do you feel like it is not quite as important to other things? I feel like it's just as paramount. And I feel like even, you know, back like 30 years ago, part of my biohacking was, is food, right? You're like, oh, I can shift at, you know, X, Y, and Z, how I feel or whatever, how I move with food. Um, that's partly what got me into all of this as well. Um, but I think what's key, and especially if I look at the past 30 years, is really looking at, or not, or just keep moving with your body. Don't get stuck in what you think mm. is good. Yeah. And what I've also seen in the last 30 years is um, with healthier eating and with my dental research, I've seen uh, two worlds sort of collide. Okay. And that is with the anti-nutrients. Uh -huh. uh -huh. And I, I think that's pretty key yeah. to tune into because if I think about like when I, you know, in 1990, I was taking these little classes, I was at university and then I'd find these classes 
Just I could take like how to make oat milk and make like hijiki salad. And like, so I was like, you know, uh, working with a lot of plant-based stuff. But anyway, my point is that was a lot of healthy eating. Like, okay, let's make this pie crust out of almonds now instead of flour. That all makes, seems to make sense, but you know, eat your green smoothies, but there are real issues there with anti-nutrients like phytic acid and oxalates. Yep. And yep. so I feel like that's a huge thing because as people, especially seeing the health movement, you know, and being inside of it for 30 years and seeing the increase in autoimmune issues, it's really off the charts. And then to see some of this is coming from our plant-based choices in our diets mm -hmm. and in our healthier eating, you know, like that green spinach smoothie is um, really taxing your body with the oxalates, for example. So the issue with oxalates or, or like uh, phytic acid is that they are sort of like they rob the essential minerals from your bones. So they're chelating minerals out of your bones. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other issue is so many plants, you know, used to eat a lot of wild rice or, or just plants in general. And for whatever reason, they seem to be concentrating heavy metals, whether wow. it's organic or not. So you'll have kale and you'll see high thallium which I literally saw that after eating kale for a few, we eat a lot of, we make a chia and kale pesto. Mm. So you got a lot of oxalates in the chia and the kale has other issues. It's not, it's more, more medium and oxalates, but anyway, did a heavy metal test. We were through the roof with arsenic and thallium. Wow. And that was so hard to figure out at first because like I've known about heavy metals and avoid, you know, done all kinds of things in my life, not to have exposure to them since like 1990. So I was like, whoa, if we're getting this, like, where is it coming from? So that was really eye-opening. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, and that is a big shift from our raw food days, I feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, um, I just wanna share like a quick piece on that like I had an experience, basically, I was vegetarian, vegan for for I mean, vegan ish, really kind of by default, just based on the the primary um, default settings of my diet. But I was mostly like vegetarian for the better part of 10 years and a raw foodist and an enthusiast for for most of that time. And actually, in 2020, you'll find this actually interesting in 2020, one month before the pandemic actually hit, mm -hmm. I was called to go into a deep experiment phase with my food choices. And yeah. the identity that I had around, you know, raw food and vegetarianism and all that kind of thing is kind of wearing off. And I felt there was a big shift in transition happening. And mm -hmm. something told me like, hey, dude, it's time to run an experiment. And things felt kind of stale anyways. And so mm -hmm. I just decided, okay, well, I guess, you know, I, I'll run an experiment and eat and kind of do this little ceremonial thing with, with a steak. And, and this was kind of a big mm -hmm. deal as, as for many of us that have made that transition, it is yeah, to the moment. A very strange thing, but something deep down was kind of like at a physiological somatic level, it was like, 
yeah, we, we need something else. Like we, we've hit our threshold. It's there's nowhere to go from here. Yeah. So, I know what you mean. Yeah. Totally. Why don't I call it the day the fats run out? <laughs> the day the fats. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. And it wasn't like yeah. I had any health issue per se. I was still head and shoulders above most people like in the gym, but I just realized there, I like, it's, I realized that this wasn't going to go anywhere beyond this. Like this yeah, is yeah. going to get. And so long story short, I sat there, I did a little prayer and I ended up eating a few, a few bites of meat. And all of a sudden, I mean, it was a very shamanic experience. I mean, it was like, I like just drank a cup of ayahuasca. I mean, it <laughs> like, I, I had a full on niacin flush. There was mm. blood rushing through my arms. I had a brain gasm. I mm -hmm. it was so intense that I I like grabbed the table and I'm like oh my god I'm like blasting off right now and that all happened because Dr. Robert Kassar was texting me every single day for like a month or two because he went and did the carnivore diet and he was like mm. having this whole like complete epiphany after 15 years of being a, a vegetarian yeah. And he went through a full transformation. I was just like, well, shit, if Robert, I mean, <laughs> if he, and I could see it, I could see it in his bone structure. I could see it in his physicality. I could see it like, and he was one of kind of the hallmark people of like being a role model for optimal health at like almost 60. But yeah. I, could, I could see the contrast finally. And, and what ended up happening was, as I call it, the vegan goggles fell off. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. And all of a sudden it was like, I, I just saw it all differently. I just, I could see the whole thing. And yeah, you know what I mean? And, and so that set me off on this integration between the two worlds where I did a carnivore diet for four months as for four months as a refeeding process and then it somehow integrated into just becoming more of a intuitarian, um, you know, ancestral approach, but without any dogma, without any like any just integrating kind of the polarities of my own human, my own human animal and human together, if you will. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I, I just wanted to mention that I felt inspired to just just kind of. Yeah that experience That's, in the pod and, and see what comes up from it i like that i know that i had that sort of similar experience you know having a steak and everything it was around 2010 because mm. i was doing all that dental research having birthed and breastfed my boy and it just was like yeah some, need another category and um so even way back then you you had made that shift back then at like the height of the raw food paradigm yeah because i'd already been raw and and vegan for already so long okay you know that it was uh, it was time for it to go because mm. i i think around 1992 i became vegan wow you know so definitely needed but that then that, that i was doing all the dental research and i was just like oh my god we need organ meats mm. so it's funny though because i you know started out in the health journey in the in the 90s like vegan and now i'm basically just like a steak and potatoes girl it's so funny oh, it just give me the steak my diet and is I steak and um you remember rossum the rossum garage of course in uh 
so that's where so we had started you know weaning and like having chicken broth and having fish mm -hmm. and then we finally got our steak from that place and we oh. cooked it up and i ate it and i was like this is what i needed before the before the fbi came in yeah before the fbi came in yeah but it was not too far ahead of that we love that place and then if I think it back to being a, like when I was a girl, my favorite meals were like a filet mignon uh, and like sushi. Like I love those hits of protein. And there really wasn't vegetables back then. <laughs> if I think of like when my family went out to a restaurant, you know, if it was a, a place where you could get a good steak, there was hardly any vegetables, you know, and I'm just saying like because Vegetables are just completely overrated, I feel. I, uh, like we <laughs> I don't remember it's... the last time I ate a salad and for 10 years my salad my salad was the most epic. Oh yeah, huge. I'm sure you had like dulse and like oh, oh, apple oh. cider vinegar and oh, yeah. and the, the olive oil and the avocado yeah. and the, the hemp seeds and the spirulina and the the three different lettuces and the sprout. oh yeah, I yeah. hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's so besides like what I've but what I've what sort of become even stronger for me though in the past five years is the oxalate thing. Okay, and yeah. then as I. You know, but what what I was missing, I'm really thankful for Sally Norton's book that came out recently. I also really like the research of Elliot Overton. He just has like a YouTube channel. Um, so I was low oxalate for years, but what I wasn't realizing, which is a the kind of the magic bullet to be doing when you're weaning, when you're when you are low oxalate, or even if you're eating higher oxalate, we need magnesium citrate potassium okay. citrate, mm. calcium citrate, B1, B6. But mainly those three minerals, the citrate versions of them, because that will, because um, the oxalates, it's not even, it's not like just with vegan, you can't get the right fat or cholesterol or nutrients or that you can't absorb those. That's one issue. But to me, I think the bigger danger in, um, a heavy oxalate diet, which can just be look like healthy eating in 20, you know, in present time, like your green smoothie and your whatever, you know, your vegetables with your meat, like a whole side of them is that they are literally, you know, robbing the minerals that we need from our bones. So they like eating a lot of vegetables and oxalates will literally shrink your bones That's and it will affect your muscles and oxalates are like glass shards. Like if you've ever eaten a fig like, or yeah, a kiwi. Like acid, like it's a calcif, it's like, it's like a calcificated like crystal. Yeah, it calcifies our body. And so if you talk about calcifying the pineal wow. gland or like uncalcifying it, you got to get off the vegetables, so oh, to speak. Wow. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally robbing our bones and our teeth. Like when you eat spinach and your teeth are like a rug after that's the minerals leaving, oh. you know, and then, and there's a, so, but then the thing is when you, if you just, if you go off oxalates or you got to go to low, you can't really go to no, you got to go low, but then they, as they're leaving your body, you can even get more tartar and plaque mm. because again, it's, it's messing with the mineral matrix of your body.
And I that have, to me is super dangerous. Wait a minute. Okay. This is, we just hit, we just hit a vein here. Like I didn't know where I was going with when I opened up that little rabbit hole, but I'm so glad we we've arrived in this particular field of your expertise. I've actually experienced that tartar buildup that you're talking about. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much of my thing, and this is not a consultation, but there is actually a tartar buildup in one of my teeth that it almost like it it's it feels pleomorphic in a sense that it changes. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to stay the same. It changes. I've just kind of gotten used to it. And sometimes it'll completely disappear. And sometimes it'll re-manifest. And it, yeah, it's like a different shape right now. It's like, I, I don't, and I have very, very good oral care protocols. Um, but what you just said just sparked something up because I was like, I don't know where this, I don't even know what this is. It doesn't, I'm not even going to deal with it. Right. I'm certainly not well, going to go a, a conventional dentist to look at it. Well, it could just be like, so with that tartar and it, yeah. And then that could have happened to you because you did go carnivore which is automatically going to be pretty much a low to no oxalate situation. So the moment you stop, then it's going to start coming out of your tissues and this can take years. And so that's where, um, well, that's where like a, your symptoms can come back out. So it can't, even though you're, you're not having the oxalate, so things should be better, but then your oxalate dumping it's called. And so in that dumping, but that's when you need the minerals. So all you need to, so you know what I mean? So then you take extra minerals and then that will calm down the dumping. And Mm. then you just keep, keep on keeping on and, and try not to, you know, go into high oxalate again. And then for the oral care, tartar is harder than plaque. It's hard. Yes. It's a hard. So it can, it almost feel, and if you, if you've, if a chunk comes off a tart, like a chunk, even though it's hard for it to come off, but if for somehow it did, it's like, feels like bone. So some people think, oh, oh my like, God, you just, yeah. wow, this is a massive revelation, Nadine, because this has happened to me where I've had oh. literally little chunks that have come off. I've never told anybody this either, because kind of weird. Um, and it felt like little chunks of bone, but for some reason I was like, um, just keep it moving. It's probably fine. And now those, but now those teeth, like as I'm feeling it, it's like, oh no, those are fully formed teeth. There's no, there's the enamel is all there, but there were little micro chunks that were coming off. And now what I'm hearing is that that was tartar buildup. Yeah. So that's sort of part of your oxalate clearing, especially, you know, being vegan, we all have a, probably a lot more <laughs> than most people. And so that's the oxalate dumping and you're going to have more of a buildup. And so you could go to a, d- a dentist and just have like a good deep cleaning because they have the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I have experimented though with some, oh, what are they called? I think it's a tartar scaler, which they seem maybe a bit scary, but I, I've tested out a few. And if you get one of the more high end ones and it's, it does, it, it vibrates basically when it hits the tooth and um, yeah, it clears the tartar goes away. So that for people that are kind of oxalate dumping and getting more of a tartar buildup, it might be more than like, you know, you might need to manage the tartar more than going to the dentist twice a year and getting a cleanup. So that could help in the meantime. But um, you have to just use skill set. You have to follow the instructions and you have to get a, a, a more high end one 
because you don't obviously want to scrape the teeth. But if you use it properly, you shouldn't be scraping the teeth mm. because it's like the vibration does the work, mm. not the scraping. Ah, mm. oh, okay. So I was a little bit nervous, but really once you're into it, you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And um, so that really helps. And then ascorbic acid mm. helps. Um, there's a, I'm actually going to write an article on oxalate dumping and oral care because I think it's a huge issue for people. So there's other things like, yeah, using that ascorbic acid helps lift it off. Um, the apple cider vinegar and baking soda trick that I have in my book helps to lessen it as well. And, you know, keeping up mouth rinse, rinses and oil pulling is also very good as your teeth are sort of transitioning and getting stronger because now they got the minerals. <laughs> Great. Wow. Even like swishing with electrolytes is good, you know, mm -hmm. kind of giving a swish before you swallow that. It's all those ionizing, alkalizing minerals that yeah. we really need because of, of the uh, high oxalate foods that we've been on. So, so these, so these oxalates, they're, they've been a major problem. Like we've heard this for, for the last however many years, especially as the paleo and now the carnivore movement has made such a big assurgence. That's mm -hmm. one of the main talking points, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, promoting against a vegan or vegetarian predominant diet, um, which now I, I completely see and completely on board with, I understand but this is just driving this point even deeper, especially from a, a, a mineral, skeletal, uh, yes. oral health perspective. And I'm just like wanting to like drive it even deeper with you and pull out like what unique information that you have on this. <laughs> well, I really feel like, again, I've just sort of been observing myself and a lot of people sort of these past 30 years in, in the health movement. So health, food, all the things, you know, so I'm seeing a lot. I feel like you know, even from the 90s, you know, I have people coming up to me all the time, even it was just at my store to solve things for, you know, their health and beauty, that kind of thing. So, so I feel like I kind of, I got a good pulse on like the scene of sort of modern people living in North America, and the wide range of ailments and autoimmune issues. And so what I'm finding really fascinating about the oxalates is it literally seems to be the thing that is joining them all together. So I got, you know, every, you know, most days of the week, I've got um, all kinds of health questions coming at, to, at me, whether, you know, serious, light, you know, what do I do with a cold sore, a hangnail, cancer, you know, so it's a wide range. And then I'll, I'll, I'll keep looking and checking with paper, research papers on oxalates. So loss of hearing in the middle ear, oxalates, uh, all types of thyroid issues, Hashimoto's, Hypo, hyper, Graves. the root causes oxalates. So they're like glass shards. And depending on your Achilles heel is it kind of depends how it will show up. Huh. You know, for some, it will be eczema in the skin. Some, it will be hearing loss. Some, it will be arthritis, joint pain. 80% um, of all adults over 50 have oxalates in their thyroid. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Bone marrow issues, fibroids, mm. you know, like especially the female, like cyst, um, yeah, cystic fibroids, breast fibroids, 
breast calcification. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That which is can be like if you have fibroidy calcify calcification things like later on that could be, you know, more leading you to a breast dysbiosis. All of that is oxalate buildup in the tissues. It's it's insane how much the oxalates connect the dots. That's what I keep getting surprised about. Man, I I'm, I'm thinking about like calcification. I spent many many years studying this from many angles obviously david wolf mm -hmm. kind of brought out a more complete integrated picture of this way back in the day yeah. and i just got really fascinated about it and i actually put a huge chapter in one of my my prior books on this and mm -hmm. it's such a deep topic but when you think of like calcification there's it's and even like cancer like the the tumor is obviously not the actual issue. It's the encasement of the, the organism, the fungal viral organism underneath mm -hmm. that the immune system can't get access to because there's a shielding that it's created around it and it will attract all kinds of um, positively charged um, material mm -hmm. like heavy metals and, and calcium phosphate crystals and pesticides and whatever else it'll create this like in protein deposits. And I'm just thinking, oh, it must also do the same with oxalate crystals too. Like, yeah. that, I, like I've never, I never made that connection. So apparently if you want to do a decalcification protocol or a, or a decancer protocol or fill in the blank, then you have to factor in the oxalate removal process. Yes, I would think so. Which again, I think um, magnesium citrate uh, is going to be key with with you know a little bit of potassium citrate and a little bit of calcium. Like I think the more magnesium you take, you don't it doesn't no, need to be no. equal ratio to the calcium. And Sally Norton has has ratios in her book, and she also has a really good electrolyte um, recipe. So you could buy those in bulk from like bulk supplements and make up mm. a good good electrolyte mix and you know add some monk fruit powder and you're off to the races okay mm -hmm. okay because so much depends on those ionizing alkalizing um minerals a that we just need them and then we need them to clear the oxalates and to balance the ones that we're still going to get a little bit each day mm. so i mean with this said like what what's your position on position my, my your perspective on vegetables and even just like is it just if, at this point does it feel like is it just kind of non-essential or is there just yeah in my head like I, that's why I was saying like yeah. one of my one of my fave uh, I like this guy Dr Anthony Chaffee mm. and he has a lecture you can see on YouTube called Vegetables Are Trying to Kill You. That and is that's sort of where I'm at now. Ironic. Yes, it is. I mean, I do, you know, a sweep. Uh, I eat, I do eat yams, which do have oxalates. Again, you can't go to no. It's pretty impossible. Um, but if you boil and rinse, you mm. know, and then from there we make like dough out of the yam and then we're making calzones and stuff. And it's kind of oh. my only, only oxalate, but I, I do need the yam. So that I can make the dough because I'm not eating, 
you know, I don't know. It's also whatever. like a, it's a good carbohydrate source, right? Yeah. And I do, I feel like I, I do like a, some good carbs, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not so into having a lot of fruit sugar. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, Paul, Dr. Paul Saladino has a pretty good balance with his carnivore. Like he brings in raw dairy and, uh, fruit. Yeah. So that can, you know, if you want to widen it, but the vegetables, they don't really, I don't, they're kind of just, I love like cilantro. <clears throat> I love, uh -huh. I'll make like a cilantro infused water, buffalo butter that I like. Um, but not every vegetable. So I think, yeah, cilantro is cool. There's some lettuce that have no oxalates and stuff, but I'm just like, but why? There's like nothing in there. And right. any vitamins and nutrients that the vegetables have, you're not getting them mm. at all. They're bound and up. yeah, and there is also that um, I can't remember the paper, but if you look like you can, there are like heavy metals and vegetables like they're literally concentrating heavy metals, like particularly like greens. Yeah, like it's like especially like well, chart is high in oxalates kale. Oh. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure it somebody knows why, but it, it uptakes the thallium. Our mm -hmm. thallium was off the charts. So you're getting really crazy amounts of heavy metals, even from organic vegetables. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the oxalates are messing with the minerals, which are also messing your relationship to dealing with the heavy metals. Huh. Uh -huh. So that's also an issue. The other thing I found absolutely fascinating with oxalates is that aspergillus which I believe is in some foods like peanut butter and stuff and penicillin molds. Oh, if they're in your environment. Let's check this out. They will make oxalates. They will make oxalate acid in your body. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Leo cause your body to manufacture it. Yeah. I'm trying to read the paper. I'm trying to find the paper I, I have on that. Um, but that I was like, I don't know. To me, I find that. Here it is. Mm -hmm. What are the oxalates and aspergillus? Some aspergillus species produce ox oxalic acid, which reacts with blood or tissue calcium to precipitate calcium oxalate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? And then... Um, Super superfoods can be contaminated with poisonous heavy metals. Kale, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, and collard greens are all hyper accumulators of thallium and cesium. Ses yeah, cesium. And then, um, da -da -da -da. calcium oxalate is a major um, constituent of ox of kidney stones. So that's where most people have heard of oxalates, right? Mm -hmm. As kidney stones. Oxalates may also be produced by several common molds. For example, penicillin and aspergillus molds can convert sugar into calcium oxalate at very high yields. So think of that poor person doing their kale and spinach smoothies, living in a moldy environment, and they're trying to get healthy. Mm -hmm. Chris Hemsworth, or one of the Hemsworths, I don't know. I don't really know them. You know, but the one that dated Miley Cyrus, he was joining her on her vegan oh, wow. vegan diet. And then he ended up in the hospital with kidney stones from drinking his green smoothies. 
Just from so drinking he, some green smoothies. Well, I mean, and who knows, like, what the other meals during the what day were like, but spinach right. is so high in ox. It's, like, top, top. So if you've been having, like, a green smoothie with spinach, that's, like, just not healthy. I wonder, um, I wonder yeah. too, like, I'm thinking of, like, I'm thinking of my whole history of being in the vegan vegetarian community. And, you know, it's definitely a spectrum, but there are the classic kind of Luddites, if you will, that are like in the the particular vegan and they're not changing like they're they're not changing and and they're going to they're they're sticking with this thing. And you can see that there's a particular like neurosis or there's a particular um, and they're trying and uh, like they're actually really trying and they're doing the research and they're doing their best in that particular like frame. But they're so they're so like just it's this is the only way this is the only pathway I can see and you can see that as much as they're trying they're progressively declining or they're emaciating or their 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 physical structure or just their psychological disposition is waning or they're not fully embodied in their physical body like it's just kind of like it's getting a little crickety uh racket whatever. you can see the bones get brittle i think yeah, after a long exactly. time yeah, yeah i hear what you're saying they can't see it but it's like whoa it's 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 getting very clear that there's some subs there's some substance there's some deep deep like protein. g and prana that right. was not they, coming <laughs> yeah like the physical body is the building blocks are not there yes yeah and I mean, when I was becoming vegan in the 90s, like cholesterol was bad, fat was bad, you know, steak was bad. <clears throat> so it seemed like, oh, this is this is the answer. Mm -hmm. So that's all changed. Of, well, yeah, and I guess, I guess like <laughs> in an unintentional way, this conversation, so much of it has is kind of like a... Um, you know, a warning, a warning message without trying to necessarily steer anyone in a particular direction. But, um, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a clarion call to really consider what direction one is going with their diet. Yeah. And I feel um, mainly it's like, slow down and then really be with what you're eating so that you like, how does it taste? How is it going down? How is it an hour after you eat? How is it the next morning? Has it left your body? It's like really feel the whole journey so that you know what's right for your body. Um, you know, I definitely was like, I love to experiment. It's like, you know, then a few years ago, I'm like, oh, lectins, they seem to be an issue. So yeah. I'll like eliminate lectins and literally find a difference. Um, so that's how, you know, I'll, I just keep experimenting that way. And that's what, you know. Turn me from oak milk to like a steak and potato person <laughs> is I just kept kept listening and not landing on a certain thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And beautiful, beautiful advice. And um, I'm, I'm feeling into like the time that we have too and what we've already opened up. I, I really want to get, I really want to get into a little bit more about dental health and particularly like the skeletal 
the skeletal frame too because we're already we've already gone deep into this rabbit hole i feel like there's a there's something there that i want to explore with you in terms of like rebuilding the frame of the human body especially if somebody has either been vegan or or come off like a completely gmo franken food diet like most of us have um and there does seem to be a very noticeable difference like in the structure of the human frame generationally speaking mm-hmm. like every generation i've noticed is does feel more like um uh weaker and smaller yeah. timid yeah. And, and more like um almost like more ai like compared to like a more <laughs> embodied natural human being yeah well we're getting away from so much that's well that's what you know talking about biohacking one reason um that i vibe with the biohacking is because i feel like generally speaking it's the elements concentrated uh, so you can bring in the red light and bring in ozone hydrogen uh pulse electromagnetic frequencies uh, so that's that's why i love them because you know especially in this modern time we need things more concentrated faster um you know and apparently the pulse of the earth mm. isn't as strong as it was I don't know the time frame, but it's been getting less pulsy, so to speak. Um, it's like a weaker pulse. Again, that I don't know if that's because the eventually mag- the magnetic poles will shift. But anyway, that's way beyond mm-hmm. beyond me. But um, speaking about building up our frame, so yeah, because I just feel like we need extra help, right? Because we are right. like at least three generations in from like our grandparents eating more processed food and having antibiotics. Mm. And if your grandmother had antibiotics, it's affecting your gut microbiome today. And so we know from studying the microbiome that we have less species, less diversity. And even if we look at the mouth, um, you know, every strep, strep bacteria causes cavities and everybody has strep in their mouth. So why does it cause cavities for some people, not others? And some researchers feel, well, it could be because that particular mouth is missing its ancestral bacterial buddies, so to speak. So the strep is missing other bacteria that might keep it under control. Same with H. uh, pylori in the gut. Mm. It could just maybe not a problem, but it just could be missing its its cohorts. Mm -hmm. So we do have some generational stuff to revive. So it's, I think another reason why if we can really dial in the nutrition and look to things like biohacking to help. So the pulsed electromagnetic frequencies I brought up because I find that is phenomenal for building bone density. Okay. Now, again, it's not, there's so many different types and strengths. Obviously I'm talking about um, a stronger PMF or a more professional machine. Or just something really hardy because there's just, you know, ones that are like the current is not very strong. That's not going to build bones, but bones are piezoelectric. So they mm-hmm. respond to that as well. And then if we're not eating oxalates, we're keeping up with our electrolytes and then we're eating, you know, organ, organ meats and protein, then I think that's a big 
a big way to keep the bones healthy as well as red light, sun exposure, vitamin D in the winter. Mm, Those mm, are really key. yeah it sounds like we we have to go down more of an ancestral living path like modified in our 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 current environment of course but Yeah. it feels like that that's where all the 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 um the signs are pointing Yeah, I feel like it does always go back to that. Even, you know, even in studying for botanical botanical formulating, I was looking at recipes from the 1800s and those recipes were looking at things from antiquity, you know? So I just feel like we can go back to a lot that's really, again, our bodies are biologically evolutionary, not going to evolve as fast as modern food production and, you know, how we're eating plastic and cellulose and food dyes and some of us are eating tide pool packs or tide but they're tide pods but um you know what i mean so like we are putting things in on and around our bodies that we haven't evolutionarily caught up to yet so again i feel like the biohacking is a good thing because that's sometimes we need something that powerful or concentrated to help with the modern living but You know, again, when, you know, even as a vegan and then when you find out like different stats, like, you know, no culture or tribe or people has been vegan from birth to death. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, but I get it. And I get, like, obviously it started with a lot of compassion for animals. And of course. so I, I can get, I get the struggle. It's real. But I feel like at the end of the day, through all of our experimenting kind of as a collective of people, you know, that have been experimenting with these foods for the past few decades is just really, I think we're really coming to understand like, no, because I think we've had, you know, that's like a lot of people have lived as vegan sort of since the nineties, probably more than ever before. And I think we've had that modern experiment And it's a and pretty I think we're seeing contrast. the, Yeah, what's that? yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty stark contrast just Yes. in the last decade or 15 years of the height of that movement and seeing how the the health community worldwide has has branched out into many spectrums. And you can kind of just get a sense of like, the 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 people that gravitate towards certain types of diets and i'm not speaking generally i'm speaking more specifically because you have general generally you have people in the keto diet or carnivore diet that aren't as healthy as other people because generally most people aren't healthy so it's not like the diet is the end all be all but there is kind of a natural gravitation that healthy robust people have that i've noticed to certain to certain like either dietary or even fitness practices um that tend to go in nature as a natural proclivity um there are there are kind of like intuitive or intrinsic attractions that like really healthy people have um that i think are more kind of the 1% versus the the general the general population of people that might hop around from different things but never really find find a home Yeah, I've seen that. I also feel I was just thinking like the 2012 um like longevity conference versus like 2018. Oh yeah, right. And I doubt like there would have been 
so many less vegetarians in 2018. So, um, so it feels like the health movements now aren't really vegan. And then what's funny is like you're seeing it um, in the quote unquote real world more. <laughs> and like when I like when I like in 1990, nobody was vegan and it seemed like totally radical. And now it's like advocated oh, by organizations, you right. know, like the World Health. I mean, like or the World Economic Forum. And it's like if they're suggesting a diet, I think I'm going to do the opposite, you know, where where before before like this was counterculture. That was part of the appeal. Like, yeah, exactly. like I'm a, I'm a renegade. Like I'm going against yeah. the count. That's why I'm doing this raw food thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's so weird that it become like state sanctioned instead of count counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. But I also think part of the raw, like, so raw being a bit different than vegan, sort of mm -hmm. a little more primal. And I feel like, if that appealed to you too, is also because we were looking for how do we get closer to nature? Right. No, that's exact. That's exactly what it was. It wasn't even mm -hmm. about being vegan. Vegan kind of just attached itself to that. But it yeah, was because you're not gonna have raw meat. <laughs> Hopefully, right. I wasn't. I wasn't into that. But like the raw, it was kind of an intrinsic like desire to get back to nature, and it just it made sense at the time. And, and there were people that were making it make sense. Like David made it make sense to me. And it also inspired. It was a very inspired. Yes. Vibrant, colorful uh, option compared to the, the mashed potato reality that I yes. feel like we were coming out of. Yes. And I feel like one thing that's always been a thread through all of this was at least connecting through real food. Exactly. You know, even from my beginning stage in the 1990s was like, I just wanted to get to what was real mm -hmm. and away from processed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Mm. Wow. There's definitely, definitely a trip down memory lane for sure. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I want to wanna... go ahead. I was just gonna say, need to see the evolutions. I know it's it's really neat, and that's why I love having a podcast and still having it, um, and still going strong with it, and and bringing people on and bringing people back. I mean, I've I I think I've had every major, you know, almost three hundred plus episodes, and I've I've definitely had every major person in our relative field of the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, and then so many, so many others from such a spectrum of, of, you know, um, uh, um, what's the word, just, just a spectrum of, of people from different, different fields and different domains. And it's really fascinating to watch the evolution, but even to, to witness my own evolution as a, yeah. um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And what, one of the things that I think it's taught me is that, um is to always stay humble and there is kind of a point where you do you do arrive at like a set point like mm -hmm. all the experimenting and all the the trying on different things and even the the identifying 
with different different things as you're trying things and some things work some things don't some things are for a season some things are for a cycle eventually it does feel like you do arrive at a certain set point where I may not know everything and things are subjects to change, but there's certain things about me that I know there's mm-hmm. things that work for me that I've figured out. And I think when somebody finally arrives at that place, um, not only does everything just simplify, but there's a certain level of confidence that people are able to, to have inside themselves. Because I feel like a lot of this, this seeking outside of ourselves for whatever it may be is because we we've lost this sense of self-belief um and we we've lost confidence because there's so many other people outside of us that are telling us this is the way and eventually you kind of realize like oh no actually i've i've been on i've been on the path the whole time but now i've i've just arrived at, at my own personal my own personal truth and then that becomes the new kind of gps system yes the GPS guide is inside always. (laughs) Um, And we do have such an external culture Mm. where we feel like, you know, every waking moment we should get advice from something outside of ourselves. And this kind of feels a bit how the culture is set up right now, but we have to just keep figuring it out from, you know, from the inside out. And just build that foundation, which, you know, probably comes with some wisdom and maturity. But when you can feel grounded in and have that foundation in your guts, Mm. it is good. In your guts. Which aren't leaking because you're not eating oxalates. (laughs) (laughs) Which to me is like, you know, I obviously you've been in the health movement. It's always the, the leaky gut, right? Yeah. Like that's been following us around for a while. But really those the the shards of the oxalates perforate like i mean if there was ever a cause of a leaky gut it's high oxalates yeah i mean that's one of the big revelations of this entire episode that i think so many are gonna, people are going to take away with them in this whole thing just to tie a knot on what we're kind of talking about with like the self-esteem self-confidence and self-trust it's really like your gut instinct right yeah it's- People talk about intuition. It's like, well, where is that somatically located? It's not really even in your heart. Like, follow your heart. Well, it's not. I don't really get my guidance from my heart. I mean, I feel things, certainly. But it's actually in my gut that I I get directional navigation where I get like a yes or a no. It's Mm -hmm. my actual gut. So that stands to reason that like, if my gut microbiome, my intestines, my colon, that if I'm blocked up, I'm constipated, or I have a leaky gut, like you said, um, a dysbiosis, then my ability to trust my inner navigation is going to be a little skewed and I might get miscommunication. Exactly. And you got that calcified pineal gland. (laughs) Not you, but... You know what yeah. I mean? So when we can have the systems synced, the pineal gland talking to the gut, mm. checking in with the heart's feelings, you mm. know, that's a good synchronicity, alignment, inner alignment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I'd love to, I'd love to complete this epic conversation with 
just a, a little a little note on living libations i mean i i know we didn't even we didn't even talk about it this whole time but i love the living libations product line as far as skincare oral health um beauty products like they are the absolute go-to and I, i've only played with a handful um but you know i have so many of my my closest friends for so many years have just like been so sold out on them and i've just started playing with a little bit more just kind of like more of the self-care kind of feminine mm. masculine kind of balance and I'm like oh i really actually i love lathering myself in in these essential oils and in plant-based botanicals that you guys have put together so I'd, I'd love to just do you know just talk a little bit about living libations and um and share that with the audience before we close out sure yeah well i love <laughs> i love living libations too <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i started formulating yeah back that's what brought me into this whole thing in the 90s and uh yeah here we are um and we just keep i, I just want to take care of every part of the body you know what i mean like so we've you know made i think we've revolutionized a few areas too because we've got the dental serums mm -hmm. which were sort of new to the planet when i made them about 20 years ago and we've got the ozonated dental gels and those aren't, weren't even a thing, you know, that it kind of can replace toothpaste, but we also make toothpaste too, but it's a very concentrated sort of botanical biotics that can help balance the oral microbiome. You can floss with them, that kind of thing. And then we've got our best skin evers, which I feel like revolutionized a bit about how people take care of their skin because it's revolutionized washing your face and your skin with oil instead of soap. Mm -hmm. And like the sea buckthorn best ever could be its very own business. <laughs> it is so beloved mm. and just really helps bring into balance the skin. Generally, we want to stay out of the way. And as gross as it sounds, we want to let the bacteria be the beautician. So everything that we're applying to our body, we want it to be harmonious with the microbiome mm -hmm. instead of disrupting it or mutating micro the microbiome or killing off species. Right. And, um, yeah, so like people are getting, you know, rid of clearing up rosacea, acne, cystic acne that they may have had for like a decade. So I love that because things can shift for people without even changing their diet, which is amazing, you know, because sometimes it's like if you can just get the, rid of the acne, then you might have energy to look at something else, you know, but it can be a bit debilitating <clears throat> if you don't feel confident. Right. And who you are. You know, I just love we get so many emails of it clearing up for people and people being astounded or people are like, I don't feel like I have to wear makeup to leave the house now or, you know, that kind of thing, which is just that's, liberating. That's, that's super liberating, especially I, I imagine, especially as a woman, too, because that's such a pertinent issue for so many. I mean, men and women, of course, like, but I think there's a certain it, there's a certain impact that it has on on women which is probably a whole podcast to get into kind of this like, <laughs> like yeah that. but that that i can imagine like how fulfilling that feels when you can give someone a natural solution that actually works and improve somebody's sense of self-esteem and can lead them down a health path without the complexities um involved mm. Yeah, sometimes we just need it easy. 
well, often we need it easy, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm more, I'm more inclined to take the easy path. I mean, not the, the less effort, but the, the simpler path. Oh yeah. The path of least resistance is always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that's actually, even when I'm thinking about an area of the body, you know, if I'm writing or researching it or designing a product, I like step back and I, and I'm trying to think, well, how does the body just take care of that? If we, you know, if we're not involved, like we weren't born with a toothbrush in our hands. So like, what is the system for the body to take care of the teeth without our involvement? Doesn't mean we won't, you know, get involved at some point and brush our teeth, but like, you know, what is going on? How does the skin actually take care of itself mm -hmm. before we had like alcohol based toners and sodium lauryl sulfate, foaming cleansers you know like yeah <laughs> right so essentially what what i'm hearing you say from a micro and macro biome perspective is all the products are designed to be symbiotic with your your body's biotic organism like the actual yeah. body that lives on you and lives within you it's it's meant to be symbiotic and in in co co supportive. It's not it doesn't inhibit or or um, yeah inhibit any of the body's natural processes. Exactly. Which isn't that strange that that's unique and radical? Like... Totally. totally. Yeah. Because everything else is completely the opposite. It's like it's like a it's like an antibiotic onslaught to your your microbiome that's on your skin and your mouth, all these mouthwashes. And I mean, thank God there's, yeah. such, there's such a industry now of like natural mouthwashes. That's a whole revelation, but oh, yeah. And so easy to make, you know, but yeah. The, yeah, like literally the drugstore kind, I mean, this, my stats about 10 years old, but creates over 36,000 cases of oral cancer every year. Whoa. Yeah. What? That like, just like insane. yeah what? and i i don't you know i i haven't re-researched it with more microbiome info but i'm positive it's because it's like you know decimating part of your you know your essential microbiome the beneficial bacteria because what we know right. now is yeah. that a mouthful of bustling bacteria is actually what's going to help keep the dentist away Right, because that's such a huge aspect of your immune system, right? Mm -hmm. Huge aspect, and it's again like we have to, we have to not have the pathogens, you know, take control of our body, but we do need the the beneficial bacteria, which mm. is just as plenty as cells in our body. You know, there's billions of bacteria, billions of cells, and uh, we're basically just a host to a bacterial banquet. A bacterial banquet. Yeah, oh my God. we got to be a good host, provide a good environment and not have a pathogen party in our insides. Wow. And that and that's why that's why you just can't eat oxalates. Exactly. Or live in mold or, or use mold. Listerine. Oh my God. I mean, if anyone's <laughs> listening to this and they just stop doing that like that, that is that is worth all of it. That, that will change your entire life. Yeah. And I do, I just, again, I think it's good that we're talking about this because it's so much of these healthy foods. And I know so many people are so earnest in their efforts and doing their best, but may not be getting anywhere. 
um, because they're uh, eating kale and spinach. yeah yeah and i think i think a great a great place to like really tie a knot on this conversation is like that particular point which is you can get really jaded and frustrated and kind of like lose lose faith in um especially in the health the health world the health community because it does feel like it's changing all the time and if you've been so earnest and sincere and spent so much money and seen the doctors and the naturopaths and the nutritionists and the the therapists and all the things and you're still having challenges i mean my heart goes out to you and i i get it and it's it's it can feel very um you can get very jaded yeah and, and discouraged and very discouraged and and that's like the piece right there that you know, even if you, you feel like you've been in that place, like a, do not quit because you don't quit on yourself. And, um, yeah, like, I'd love you maybe just speak to that for people for a moment like that, that are really experiencing that. Cause I know that, that I, I went through that for a while too, and almost just want to say F it. I, I don't even care anymore. Um, and now I'm recommitting fully to my health and my self care. And I'm so glad that I am. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, so many things can get us down or even just, you know, getting the flu for a week or so can just, mm. you know, wipe you out and, and feel discouraging, um, especially if then other things, you know, then that can be a snowball, so to speak. Mm. So we got to be easy on ourselves, find those paths of least resistance, Um find the inspiration rather than the motivation. Mm, mm. You know, and then we're going to, you're going to keep, you're going to be good and then you're going to hit a little roadblock and then you're going to be good. You know what I mean? So it is, there's mm. going to be stuff that keeps coming up for refinement, but hopefully through inspiration instead of motivation, through being less hard on yourself, through trusting that you are in the right place at the right time, um, then hopefully you'll find that the strength to move and then get to a new horizon yeah, and a new solution because solutions are, are there, you know, and that's why it's good to not, to just trust where you are at the moment, trust where you're standing. Even if you don't, it's just a good life game to play. Mm -hmm. You just have to assume from now till you're not here that you're in the right place at the right time. It's a fun game. <laughs> you may as well play it. You might. Yeah. It's really the productive yeah. <laughs> option. And when you're relaxed in where you're standing, then many solutions will appear. Mm. Dang that. Yeah. You nailed it right there. Yeah. Be, be here now, be exactly where you are and fully commit to that. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. if it sucks. Even if it, yeah. 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 Um, Nadine, this this was absolutely amazing. I had no idea we were going to get into most of any of what we actually got into. And especially I love that. Me too. Like this was so much fun, super meaningful. And um, it like, feels like a little bit of an adventure. Choose your own adventure story for the audience. Too. <laughs> yes. Um, Very so if people want to, they want to go deeper into your world and, um, you know, your website, your company, Living Libations, your book, Renegade Health, what's the best place for people to reach out? 
We have our website, livinglibations.com. There's also other like interviews and articles on there as well. And really email us. We are adept in, you know, health, beauty, dental questions. And if we don't know the answer, hopefully we can at least shed some light on some resources. So do feel free to email us. And then we're also the books, um, Holistic Dental Care and Renegade Beauty are also on the site. They're also on Audible and, you know, Amazon and all that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, doing a round three with me. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. So do I. It was nice to hang out with you for this time. Mm -hmm.